Hey friends and welcome back to Holy Spirit Soapbox. I want to touch on our last episode called Rethinking Church, where I made the comment of someone mentioning the statement, if I walk into church again, I will catch on fire. See, I told you last week it would be a teaser. We're going to go over it today. We all know this isn't true, right? Okay, so why do non-believers use this statement so much? Today's episode title, from the Holy Spirit, this was given to me by the Holy Spirit, and when I said it to Stacy, I was like, wow, and she was like, oh, wow. <laughs> we get choked up every time I hear it, every time I say it, but it was given to us, and it eloquently sums up everything into one alternative sentence to that statement that they say, and the title is, he loves us so much, he even died with his arms open. Absolutely amazing. Okay, here's the backstory, all right? My wife and I are the type to make friends with anyone. Now, this isn't a braggy statement, and I'm not saying that everybody likes us <laughs> or anything like that. Our friends that we call friends might not even like us. I don't even know. But no, we generally enjoy people's company, okay? We really do. We love to get to know different people. I, I don't care if you're a believer in Christ. I don't, know, I don't care if you're a non-believer in Christ. I don't care if you're Hindu, Buddhist, all those denominations we talk about the past two weeks. doesn't matter. We want to get to know you. We, we love talking to you. So when we moved to Denver, we did just that. We found ourselves getting closer to others that lived in our apartment complex, okay, before we bought this house here. A few times, we'd be on our way to church, and someone would ask what we're up to. Hey, what are you doing today, this Sunday morning? Well, naturally, we'd invite them to come along to church, right? we say, we're going to church, you want to come with us? Then we heard that dreaded statement, right? Thank you, but if I walk into church again, I'll, I'll catch on fire. Ha, 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 ha. Okay. We laughed, right? We even laughed. Oh, yeah. Huh? But this is basically saying that God recognizes how evil they are and that he would immediately burn them alive for even stepping foot in his church, in this building. Now, we learned that it's not about a building. Right? Church is really the actual body of Christ. And these were non-believers who said this. However, I know of some believers in Christ that feel the same way. They feel weird about going to church or they don't want to be with believers in church, in the body of Christ. They may not fully catch on fire, but they may get burned for stepping in there. People are going to judge them. God's going to judge them immediately for just, I haven't been here in so long, God. I'm sorry, I still believe in you, but I haven't been here. And I know, guys, I know, I know, I know. It's meant as a joke. I understand that, but some people really believe they'll be judged by God instantaneously in that building. And I know this is a way for them to say politely, I guess, no thank you. But it's almost like God's love is not greater than their greatest sins. It's crazy. Even if Lucifer himself stepped foot into a Christian church looking for redemption, he would not catch on fire. It's the truth. I mean... Satan had to actually present himself up to God in the book of Job and continuously bet God that Job would renounce his faith, okay? Now, he lost. He, he wasn't right in that whole bet. He lost his bet. But Satan literally did not just catch on fire even in the presence of God. When he walked up with the angels, by the way, and said all this stuff, hey, I bet you I can get Job to stop following you, God's like, yeah, good luck. And then he walked away... He had to leave the presence of God. He was in that presence for a while, and he never caught on fire. God even allowed Satan to chit-chat with him because he showed a form of reverence or honor for God. 
okay? So people won't catch on fire or even be judged immediately when stepping into the presence of God, whether that be in a church, whether that be with other believers or whatever. And we know this because God repetitively says from Genesis all the way to Revelation that he is merciful and wants to give all of us, including his fallen angels, salvation. He wants this. He wants all of us to live peacefully with him to the point that he came down as a human to just feel the pain that we feel, to feel those sins, and worse, get crucified, crucified by his own creation. Let me repeat that. He got crucified by his own creation to give us a final chance. He loves us so much that he even died with his arms wide open, which I take metaphorically as, I'm ready to hug and hold on to you. Whenever you're ready to accept my gift, you can come as you are because there is no sin that is too great for Jesus' blood to wash clean. I don't think it was a mistake that crucifixion requires your arms to be wide open. Let's keep going in the Bible, right? Another great example, the parable of the prodigal son. This is Luke chapter 15, 11 through 31. The father who represents God waits patiently As his son goes out into the world trying to fill his life with things that bring false happiness. These quick little things that we just like to do to make ourselves happy in the moment. But they actually turn us away from God. When this prodigal son finally figured out that what he was doing was not bringing him full happiness, full peace and shalom. And that his father's house was much better. A much better living situation. He ran back home expecting his father to hate him and condemn him. He didn't even want to step foot in his presence. He probably thought that his father might set him on fire. (laughs) Let's be honest. What are you doing here? You left me. You didn't want to be here? All right, well, let me get a match. And, uh, you know, know, he probably thought that. The prodigal son went through a lot trying to find his own way, right? Then you recognize how bad it is without his father in his life, without the presence of his father, without trusting in his father. And I know you all maybe know this story, okay? But what happens next is beautiful. His father runs to him with, here it is, his arms wide open and he hugs him. And he calls for his family and servants to celebrate together because the son is no longer lost, but is now found. Luke 15, 24. Unbelievably, as humans, right? He did not condemn him at all. His father could have ignored him and let him go back into the wilderness starving. So when someone tries to return to trusting in the Lord by attending a Bible study or church fellowship, or there's so many different ways, right? Different groups. God understands and he sees this. He can see right down to your heart and accepts you as you are at that moment, knowing you want to and will change as you further your relationship with him. We're given moral direction in the Bible, okay? And and we talk about this in several different episodes, okay? So I advise you to go back and listen to those episodes, all the different episodes, so that you can hear this and listen to other sermons and listen to other podcasts. And you'll hear it consistently that we are given direction by God and that we should trust that this direction is good. But we continuously be like, you know what? I think I know what's best for me right now and going forward. And I don't need God, right? I don't need all these things. But sometimes, okay, straying from that morality gives us a better idea of how good it really is in God's arm and in his home and his presence. 
Now, I I don't like saying the word hate, but I dislike greatly to break it to you, <laughs> okay? But you will not catch on fire because of your sins. If you decide to visit a church, I don't care if you're a non-believer, a straight-up atheist, agnostic, you could be a Christian, you can be part of another religious group or faith group, you could be anybody in this world. If you decide that you want to make the change and start learning about Christ or following Christ and join a church like an actual building or maybe learn about the Bible in a group with fellow Christ followers, doesn't matter. It could be a very long time that you've been in a church. You won't catch on fire. You won't be judged and condemned right there at all. You won't. Even if you feel like God doesn't want you in the body of Christ, he actually does. You won't be condemned by God. Maybe by humans, but not by God. Especially if you're wanting to repent and change your life to start looking to him again. Ultimately, think about it. Humans can't give us eternal life. But we feel so judged by other humans, right? Whether they're part of the church or not. We hide in our own shame, guilt, or sin, or whatever. But but then we miss out on the best form of love that we can imagine. So don't let that feeling of stepping into a church and feeling judged by others stop you. You're forgiven for all those troubles you caused in your life and or others' lives. You're forgiven. You can participate with God today and will be in heaven the moment you truly give your life to Christ. The great thing is this gift is for everyone and the resurrection is proof that death is conquered for all. He's waiting for you right now with his arms open. If Jesus can die on a cross with his arms open, facing those who persecuted him and still forgave them, He will gladly keep his arms open for you when you decide to walk back to him even thousands of years after his resurrection. And even if you just fell short again and you still believe in him, he always has his arms open for you. So I want to give you a couple verses to meditate on. Again, these are lengthy, so there are only two. And the first verse is Job chapter 1, verses 6 through 12. And then Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 31. Please meditate on those. Finally, three questions and let's dig, y'all. Let's really dig, okay? Take these questions and be honest to God. Be honest with yourself. And then move on from there, right? Continue to move forward to participate with God. So here are your three questions. Question one, how do you view your past and your sins? Are they just disgusting, awful, gross, and you never want to go back? If so, that's actually a good thing. So how do you feel about your past or how do you view your past and your sins? Question two, do you feel that your sins far outweigh God's mercy and grace? And finally, question three, after reading the parable of the prodigal son, how does that change your view of who God really is? Finally, I I just want to say this. If you know someone that feels this way, Whether they're believers or non-believers, please ask for them to listen to this episode. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, our other episodes and other people's sermons and episodes as well so that they don't feel uncomfortable with trying to seek God again. So thank you all for joining once again. 
let's close ourselves out in prayer. If you can take your prayer posture, if that's bowing your head, kneeling, whatever it looks like, let's do that and let's talk to God. Our Father, we know that everything you've done throughout history, whether or not it was stated in the Bible, is for a purpose. We know that you, sending your only Son to die on a cross with His arms open, facing us, was and still is the ultimate sacrifice, an image of what love really is. You are love and you are merciful and gracious. Please open our hearts to remember that and dwell in that so that we can feel your perfect love forever. We pray all of this in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. <laughs>